1: Great to be back with you, folks. Certainly hope you're doing well. We continue on uh, with our live recordings that were made live at Camp Joy, Wisconsin. We wanted to bring you in a little bit to camp and uh, just share a couple hours from camp with you so you'll know what's going on. And uh, by the time you listen to this, this will be a Friday. And the following Monday from this recording, uh, we'll be in Bemidji, Minnesota at the camp. So make sure you get a hold of us, Russian Concordia Village in Bemidji, Minnesota. May God bless you. Here we go.
2: So he has a confrontation with the widow of Zarephath, prays for a healing son. He goes over him three times, once for the Father, I believe, once for the Son, once for the Holy Spirit. And that boy just jumps up and everything gets right. Mm -hmm. Mama gets right, and those Jews are still celebrating that today, praise God. And uh, he prays down fire. So we know that about Elijah. And he slew the prophets of Baal, and he runs away in fear for his life. So if you take one through six, Elijah's the coolest prophet ever. As soon as you get to seven, you go, what happened to Elijah? He's human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He missed his prayer life. He missed his prayer and supplication. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed what was going on. He, he. you know, uh, this is a crazy thing, but Ahab, he marries a woman. What's her name? Jezebel. Again, she sings loud, but she talks real low. So she went. <laughs> to Jezebel. You know what the name Jezebel means? Mm-hmm. Where is my prince? But, see, here's the thing about the wedding to uh, to Jezebel. It was a deal. Yeah. You know, Jezebel's dad, you know, you can make the kingdom bigger. You can bring people in. You can include people. You know, when we get to a point in Christianity where we're trying to make a deal and marry our kid's office, uh, we've got major issues. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, we're going to bring this woman in, Jezebel. And I'm sure if we went to Ahab, I don't believe he's going to be in heaven. I, I know he's not. But if we could... And we went to Ahab, and we said, how would that work out for you with Jezebel about You know, I wish I would have married a girl in the second row of church, praise God. I messed that one up. And uh, and, and so uh, what I want to do is put these on the board. I want you to open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Kings 19. I left my Bible laying over here. I thought I had time to open it. 1 Kings 19. It's the book that comes right before 2 Kings. You know, if you ever want to study about the kings of Israel and Judah and stuff, I'll think of the name of the book. It messed me up. It messed me up. And Hezekiah was a great king. What happens with Hezekiah? You guys remember Hezekiah the king? What happened with old King Hezekiah? He got sick. He wanted more time. He wanted more time. And supplication showed up. Yep. He went begging God. God gave him, what, 15 more years? Yep. And then what happened with Hezekiah? Yeah, got he got proud. He got proud. He got all, he got all messed up. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we're better off uh, not having God answer our prayers, aren't we? One of the worst things he did was he gave birth to Manasseh. Oh, mm. That guy's a freak right there, old but Manasseh. if he have died 15 years earlier, it would never would have happened. Yeah, we wouldn't have to deal with him. He was 12 years old when he reigned. Yeah. I went to school with a kid whose father uh, was supposed to go in and get a receptionist. Anyway, the kids were appointment because it was supposed And the mom got pregnant. And this kid was the biggest knucklehead you ever met in your life. And his brother used to say it's clinic's <laughs> fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was If you know it was kids, we were terrible about that. So we get to 1 Kings 19, and uh, they used to call this kid Johnny Clinic, <laughs> Which said the kids are terrible. <laughs> I did, I personally did not give him that name. I want you to know but the Bible says, you know, if we're going to heal, if we're going to do better with depression, the first thing we've got to realize is that we've got to recognize that God is the solution. Look what it says here in 1 Kings 1-4. through 4. Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done, and withal he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, now this is Ahab, this is his wife, a prophetess of Baal, this is the deal that was made, this is a woman coming in, who's going to change everything. So she puts the word out. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not the life as this life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. I'm coming for you. I'm sending out all my people. They're coming to get you, Elijah. That's what she's saying. She's saying, we're coming for you. The prophets of Baal are coming for you. And word gets put out. You put word out, I mean, we didn't have Facebook back then. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have those things. But I mean, it's coming. It's happening. And uh, we see over there, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, uh, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. So he was at a point, I'm breaking with my servant here. I don't need to carry extra people along. me. I don't know what he's thinking. You know, maybe he's thinking, I don't want to servant her also. But he leaves his servant and he takes off. But look what he says. But he himself went a day's journey there in, in verse number 4 into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. We already know about that. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, Is it enough? It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my Is There's something really good that happened in point number one. He went to God. He went out in the middle of nowhere, and he went to God. He ditched the servant. I would, I would have liked to have seen the servant grow from this particular instance. But he ditched the servant, and he went to God. So when depression shows up, the first thing we've got to do is recognize that God is the solution. And uh, we need to go to God. We need to go run into Him. When those things in life happen, we need to run to God. So He gets out there, He ditches everything, He's way out in the woods. But then He says something. You see His depression here. I mean, this kind of bums me out. He says, I'm no better than my fathers. Folks, I want to tell you something. I've heard that so many times from pastors' kids. Some of the most messed up people on God's throne, you know, and some of the greatest people, too. They're both ways. And my pastor's kids will always say things to me like, I'm not better than my father. It's not about your father anymore, yeah. it's about your relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to tell my kids, my kids had a dad that was always in churches, traveling, planting things, doing things. And, and I had to tell my kid, it's my relationship with God has very little to do with you now. I wish I would have done a better job along the way on some of those things and stuff like that. I think we did the best we could. I think we kept God in front of them. Seven Christian schools, faltered greatly. I mean, did things wonderfully, but you hit an agent. It's not about us anymore. It's not about the things we did and stuff. It's their relationship with God. But he got out there and see people who are attached to pastors and missionaries and evangelists, Somehow they hooked their life with how their dad did. And one of the things we got to do when we counsel people and manage people and work with people like that, and because if the dad did bad or if the dad did good, dad was such a big figure in their life, dad and mom. They were ministry people. They were people that folks would call in the middle of the night. They were people that would be at the hospital in the middle of the night. They were people that would hold people's hands even though they were suffering and dying from cancer or, Life was upside down. And, and, and that, in a way, kind of messes up kids a little bit. And, you know, basketball games are missed, and baseball, and football, and times are missed, and things are missed together, and we're all over the place doing all kinds of things. And our kids are real quick to say, well, I'm not as good as my dad. I think my kids are better than me.
1: Amen.
2: They're brighter than me. They both got like 155 IQs. You know, one's a computer programmer, the other's a, a high school math teacher, graduate with a master's degree in math and education. Clemson University, the number one out of 1,250 people in his class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame at Clemson University. He didn't invite Mom and I to go down there and meet Senator Tim Scott. He didn't invite Mom and I to go down there and meet Governor Nikki Haley. He invited a girlfriend who broke up with him the next day.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> took pictures with
2: all these people. He tutor. Yeah, He tutored and got through her master's so I'm like, "Duh," you know, mom and I paid your way through your undergraduate yeah, yeah. degree. What's going on here, dude? Tell me. Yeah. We saved to his girl. We could have had a car twice <laughs> for your undergraduate degree. He said, it was $40 a plate. I said, "Duh." we spent $800,000 on your undergraduate degree. He said, Dad, that's 40 bucks comes hard. And I said, all those pictures with Tim Scott and Mickey Haley and that girl who not you. How does that feel? Yeah. He said, I'm sad I did it now. Oh, <laughs> but he never did. He's married now. Like, it's all right, but I'll never forget that. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Dad, Nikki Haley hugged me and told me how proud of me she was. and She gave me something. I'm like, your mom, that little woman who runs around the house, makes your room stay clean? You at least could have invited her, man. I get me. I mean, she wouldn't have bothered the girlfriend that much. She would have got a couple pictures with Tim Scott. We deserve some of that. <laughs> it goes on. And poor, poor Elijah says, I'm not better than my father. So look at that second point. We've got to deal with our physical and fatigue needs when depression comes. Verse number five. As I lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched me and said unto me, Arise and eat. We need those people in our life. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water by his head. And he did eat and drink, and he laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, and eat, because the journey is too great for thee.
1: Hey, folks, we'll be right back. Hang in there for a second.
0: Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
1: Here we are, folks.
2: we're eating too little, we're not eating healthy, we're not drinking enough, mm-hmm. go find God and take care of your physical needs. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. If we're going to deal with depression, go find God and deal with your physical needs mm-hmm. uh, and, and take care of those things. And then we need to, the Bible tells us we need to seek scriptural and spiritual counsel. Look starting in verse 10. Actually, I'm going to go on from 8 here. And He arose and did eat and drink And and he went in the strength of the meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, Who's the word of the Lord? Jesus. Again, your lips are moving, but you can't hear anything. Jesus. (laughs) And I like the way she made it. Two good syllables. So You've raised your daughters, right? So down, down there in, in South Carolina, they, there's like six syllables to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, some of those churches you get out there, they, they mess up words. Uh, I'm like, hey, can you grab that shopping cart? What? The buggy? Yeah. They mess things up down there, don't <laughs> they? And uh, I'll get you a buggy. You need a quarter for it? All these? I don't go to all these because it costs a quarter for a shopping cart. I don't care if it saves me $95. I don't think it's right to pay a quarter for a shopping I'm not going there. Look what it says. And and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altar, slain the prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I'm going to the garden to dig some worms, is what he
0: said. I'm the only one who cares about you, God.
2: It's just me. Old Jesse, she sent her people out to me. I've been chasing, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. The the angel's been feeding me, bringing me water and cake. I'm the only one who cares out of everybody. That's where this starts. Hey, I've been there. When you get hurt at a church by a pastor or by a people and stuff, I mean, you're you're knocked down to nothing. Tears are your constant companion. You, You feel like dirt, you feel like shame, you feel like all kinds of goofy things. When you get hurt and suffer from PTSD and someone you love dies, when someone you love has let you down, when you've been hurt and you've been physically abused and stuff like that, you say, "It's just me." You know, we're here because it's just not me. It's a, it's a great God. It's other people. And He said, "Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind, rent the mountains, and break it to pieces, and the rocks before the Lord." But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord. Did you see that there? A, and after the fire, a still small voice. We live in a world today that wants the emotional thing to come along. Yeah. They want to have the great explosion in their life. And you go, hold on. God's never been a god of God's never been a god of theatrics. God's not a magician. We don't have a David Copperfield experience. We believe God and his word, and it's bigger than that. Amen. And that still small voice, and, and it was so, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of a cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him saying, What doest thou here, Elijah? Isn't it You know, when God asks us a question, he knows the answer. When God asked us a question twice, he wanted us to pay attention the first time, and we didn't pay attention enough the first time, so we get the question again. And, uh, and the Lord of hosts, and he goes, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy command. Had they done that? You bet. Thrown down thy altars and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest unto Hazael to be king over Syria. So right away, we gotta seek things. He he sought out God and God cleaned him up. He said, What are you doing here? And he went through this whole litany thing, and this earthquake happens, the fire happens, the flood happens. You guys know what's going on. And not all that, God reminded him, it's not about sensational, it's not about dramatic. It's not about your depression. It's not about I'm God. Why are you here? I think God was hoping that he would see something in these two. And God knew how he was going to answer. He knows what we are going to say. But he's hoping that we walk away with something and say, wow. Mm-hmm. God had asked him that twice. Mm-hmm. Old Peter, when the cock crowed, crowed, right? Uh, old Peter. It took him a few times. And I'm like, Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Those are the hard things. And so we seek that scriptural counsel. Then we need to spend time, and we just read that, in the presence of God with honest prayer and listening. Folks, the best thing to listen to is the word of God. The best thing to do is pray to God. I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit ministers to me. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit minister to me through the Holy Spirit of God. And, and sometimes I feel things that are real. And, uh, and, and I'm not talking about some... Pentecostal kind of type experience, running around, crazy, I'm seeing things change, life is different, I'm getting slain in the spirit. I'm talking about something worse than that. Or something better than that. God comes along and he edifies me. In the middle of that praying, in the middle of doing things. And we try to walk people up to that place. You know what I mean? We want to walk people up to the place where they go to God. that about being still? You know, we just listen to God. God wants us to go there sometimes. The Bible said we're supposed to seek His face. Seek everything about Him. Shut off the football game. Shut off the interruption. Shut off our our heart being broken. Shut off our tears. But God captures our tears. We have such a great God. He captures our Never heard a song about that. You need to write a song about that. Jim Croce tried.
1: If I had the time, yeah, nah.
2: he, did. and he didn't have much time. So <laughs> and then we gotta get busy and stay active. Boy, you can read the whole Bible. Isn't that a serious thing? You've got to stay active. And Jabu, the son of Nimshai, in verse 16, shall anoint thee to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat,
1: of uh, a at
2: shell thou anoint to be a prophet in thy room and it shall pass that him that escapeth the sword of Azale shall Jehu slay and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. yet I have left so this is where he messes up he said he says God I'm all alone it's just me I'm the only one I'm the only one who does these things and, uh, and, and I'm all alone have you ever been I'm on a long pity party hey folks? Plan a church, nobody shows up and go on visitation to you. You want to get humble, you either get a cat or plan a church. One of those two things will do it. <laughs> come here, I got a picture of my son's cat sitting there looking at me. For seven minutes, I'm like, come here, Love you. Seven minutes later. It's two things that'll make you humble. One thing's a lot easier than the other. but out of the shelter and get a cat. Now that they know yeah, cats. They don't care. They don't care less about it. That cat won't even to me. I was sleeping one day I'm in the house. They're coming to fix his furnace or something. I'm laying there on the couch, I fall asleep, that cat nests itself in my head. The doorbell that's right. I, I said. that cat is stuck in my head. That cat won't even talk to me. It won't look at me. It won't sit on my lap, but the day I fall asleep waiting for the furnace and the air conditioning guy, the cat next to it, chopping my head. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to open the door. i go will never forget the first day someone pulled up to go on visitation. That's a good day. You know, you got all your visits just in case someone shows up for like a year. And then one. You got extra cookies. You did and get that. <laughs> you got stuff lying out. And then all of a sudden, a couple people show up and say, you got my business? you go, like, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. Yeah. Elijah said, God, it, it's, it's really bad. I'm the only one. It's just me. And God, I'm jealous for you. This is terrible. He never stopped. I think one of the things that really... That strikes me as I go through and look at this, and I, I read this again this afternoon. i got to read a couple pages of the book you gave. I read it once. I want to read it again. I actually took a picture of some pages of the book you gave. Fantastic. About what we do to ourselves. But as I was reading this again today, as I went back and looked, Elijah never took the time to say, God, thank you for bringing down that fire to save my life. You completely changed the destiny of the people. And thank you, I know I laid over the son. I know I prayed to you. Thanks for that. That was pretty cool. And all that food that kept showing up, God, thank you for that. Thank you. No, because when we get depressed, it's not that he's ungodly. It's not that this is a wicked guy. Please understand what I'm saying to you. Depression took over. And when depression takes over, all of our problems, all of our things in life become the forefront
1: Hey folks, it's been an honor to have you today. And uh, we're coming back Monday, we'll have brand new live broadcasts. So make sure you join us for that. May God bless you, have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Health for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.